they don't know where the documents are. They don't know how many bank accounts their their loved one has, or most likely they haven't been intimately involved in their finances. They don't know sometimes that they've got property upstate. Or maybe, or is it only effective through pre-planning? The only time that's truly too late to do anything is after you've passed. I mean, this is true in life in general. You know, until we're dead, we can always do stuff. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I've been a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, the only podcast that you need to listen to to know everything that's really going on in the nursing home industry, the industry that is so full of myths that is so full of misconceptions, information that may not be true, and all sorts of other uh, misnomers. And we are here on the podcast to speak to people who are in the industry, people who know what's going on, and, to, and really we're trying to get as many unique perspectives as possible to speak to professionals in the industry to really get a better understanding of what is really going on. So. Today, actually, Brian Wells was the one, the shotgun, if you will, the matchmaker, one who connected mm-hmm. uh, both of us directly from LinkedIn. I think, David, if, if I remember correctly, I commented on something that Brian shared, and you were intrigued by that. You reached out to Brian, and Brian connected us together. Regardless, we are that really exactly happy. Happened. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to invite, uh, to welcome David Dempsey to the Nursing Home Podcast. So, David is the CEO founder of Elder Care Direction, which is a company that helps people properly plan, people properly plan uh, to make the right financial decisions in order to be able to care for their loved ones and themselves um, in the healthcare space. So David, if you don't mind, for our listeners who don't yet really know who you are, they're not familiar with you, they've never come across uh, some of your content, a little bit that you do share and you engage on LinkedIn. Can you just share the short version of who you are professionally, how your journey began, and how you end with the company you're in right now? Uh, first off, I appreciate you having me. I, I got into this issue on the uh, financial side of it, making sure that people were properly set up. And things happened over the years, and I learned Rand actually went through this process um, where the discussion around their care would have been, okay, well, we've got, we've got really great information that's really expensive and we've got really bad information that's cheap. And they wanted to find some sort of a middle ground on what to do and how to do it. And that's, that's sort of what prompted me and allowed us to really create something where when somebody needs care, whether it's at home, assisted living, nursing home, whatever the case may be, uh, we can help them without losing all of their money. And that really was a, a huge benefit. And we do it at a great cost to them instead of it being a, a massive cost and getting bad advice. So we, we sort of skirt the middle ground. 
Okay, so let's just zoom out a little bit. And and there's a myth in the street, and I really love busting some of those myths, that people think that nursing homes are these big, bad, greedy uh, companies, that they kind of take advantage of the old people and those who can no longer care for themselves, and they come in there in the middle of the night with a uh, mask over their face, guns blazing, and take the people out in their wheelchairs, exactly. And, um, and they go steal, steal their life savings, steal their house, make sure their kids have nothing to inherit and have nothing left. And they're really, really bad, these nursing home people. Now, in truth, nothing could be further, nothing could be further from the truth. Actually, nothing could be further from the truth because nursing homes, which are reimbursed, as we both know, um, you know, their Medicaid rates many times, they're losing money on them. You know, it costs more to provide care for these, for the seniors than they are receiving reimbursement. If and when they get their reimbursement, three, six, nine, 12 months later. Now, the nursing home residents, the nursing home owners and operators will receive zero for their reimbursement if the family members did not do proper planning. If two years beforehand, again, I don't, Ken, I'm not a professional in this, and you definitely know more about this than I do. But if, let's say, two years, at least in Massachusetts, you have the five-year look-back rule. So if two years before mom goes into the nursing home, um, they decide to sell gifts or do whatever it is to their $2 million home or $200,000 home, makes no difference. And then all of a sudden things deteriorate, and now mom falls and breaks a hip, has a hip replacement surgery, comes to short-term rehab to the nursing home. And lo and behold, they do a home eval and they realize that mom really shouldn't be going home. And everybody realizes that. Family realizes that. The nursing home realizes that. The hospital realizes that. And we know this is the next step. And they love the care in your facility. And they're like, okay, we want to come. But we have no money, which makes sense. Unfortunately, a lot of people at that point cannot afford it or they have a spend down. But then when it comes time for Medicaid to kick in and for the nursing home to start getting reimbursed by Medicaid, they look back. That's why it's called the five-year look back rule. And they see that uh, the house was gifted or sold. So now what do we do? Or, or we discover the house on the Cape, I'm talking Massachusetts language, but wherever it is, uh, upstate New York or whatever the equivalent is, wherever you are. But the point is they find something, uh, an asset that was transferred over to somebody else or is still in the patient's name. And now we have to start, um, we have to start the selling process or there's someone living in there. They can have to relocate or someone's taking advantage of you know, dad's money or mom's money, things like that. So what appears to be a nursing home getting in, very involved in you know, the money matters of a loved one really can be nothing further from the truth. What do you think about that, David? Am I, am I on target here? are 100% on target. And I'd like to first start the vast majority of people that I've ever encountered that are working at nursing homes, whether it's the executive team, the nurses, the, the supervisors, mm-hmm. the custodians, all of them truly care about the patient, the vast majority. I mean, there, there's always outliers in any, in any field, but the vast majority of people are just good people trying to help these folks. They aren't making really much money. The problem that, that people run into is that, um, if they did make that transfer, if they did, uh, it's it's called an uncompensated transfer. It's not for value. Mm-hmm. It's a penalty mm-hmm. rate assessed for that. So if you have a $200,000 home that you transferred and it wasn't compensated properly and not planned 
and then somebody gets in a situation where they need care and it's within that look back period you most likely have an issue and it'll penalty period when you're in a penalty um medicaid or any other payer source is not going to make a payment it means the facility is not getting paid so they're gonna, the part the house was transferred to and they're going to come after um you know whoever signed the papers guaranteeing the case mm-hmm. maybe but right. it's not because they want to it's because they actually they want to care for your love um and if if there's a penalty period where they're not getting anything you know they they don't want to eat that cost gotcha. it's very expensive just two points there regarding nursing home operators there are some nursing home operators there who are smart operators they're up to date with the changes in reimbursement and they are doing really really well for themselves uh just because it's difficult doesn't mean that people are not are not doing really well and they should be doing well. It's a difficult industry. And if you can figure this all out, good for you. You're providing a fantastic service to those who can no longer care for themselves. Um, and yep. the second point also that you mentioned is phenomenal. Uh, you know, people think that the nursing homes, uh, the people, the line staff, the nurses, the CNAs, the therapists, housekeepers, maintenance, anyone's actually working in the nursing home, people think that they don't care and they laugh their way to, to the bank. Well, guess what? Many people who work, especially the nurses' aides, or working in a nursing home, their salaries, their hourly wage is comparable to working in the McDonald's down the block. And when they work in McDonald's down the block or the Burger King down the block or the Stop and Shop or whatever store is near you, they don't have to worry about They don't have to worry about, you know, if you, by mistake, somebody burger really well done and they want a regular burger, Life goes on, even if they never come back to that restaurant, even if you, even if they go and leave a bad Google review, life goes on. But if you mess up somebody's medication or you forget to reposition somebody or someone was on the toileting schedule and you don't follow that schedule and they get up in the middle of the night and fall and trip, they could die. Serious stuff. Not go on. Exactly. Right. Exactly. For them, life might not go on. So no one does this in their right mind unless they really believe in what they're doing. You know, people do this for, for a reason. So you don't have an evil, again, like you said, there are outliers in every profession. You don't have a, an evil business office uh, manager or an administrator or some sort of corporate office where they're sitting there with that sinister look on their face and they put on, who knows, their, their devil ears. Like, <laughs> exactly, what can we do now to try and steal something from somebody? Let's try to see who's, not who's inheritance we can mess with. Let's try to see Right. This is not a cult where you come and you believe in, you know, whoever the leader is, and then you, they find out where your savings are. You give it over for the better good of society. And don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> um, but moving right along here. So a couple things here. At the same time, there are opportunities and there are options for those who need to place a loved one in a nursing home or if some of themselves are looking for nursing home care. Uh, so two things. Let's first discuss what are alternatives to nursing homes. Something that maybe perhaps is more affordable and doesn't involve all the complications that do arise when someone goes to nursing home. So David, tell us about some of those options, if you don't mind. There's, there's a lot of options. I'll probably start with the easiest overlooks, family caregivers, people who come in the house, like my grandma, right? So my grandma, we have, we have, was over there every day and just make sure that she's okay. Uh, we check on her. We we take care of her. She has some cognitive issues. 
people are showing up and it's good because they've got that interaction. Formal care companies, where it could be, you could need one hour a week just to help with one specific issue. It could be full-time where somebody lives. There are independent living facilities, which like a like an apartment type living and going to need care at some point. There's mm -hmm. assisted living and there's levels to that. There's memory care you mm -hmm. at the higher end. There's nursing home. Pros and cons to each. And they're all cost different, they have different abilities. And let's not forget adult daycare. Adult daycare is a is a relatively recent phenomenon that's that's going really well. People who are home at night, right? Mm -hmm. And they go to a facility during the day and hang out. My sister-in-law, who's a nurse, worked at one for the longest time. It was great. Um, and then not forget about technology. So technology is allowing like a remote nursing home to be available. So especially for people with cognitive issues where the family's helping out, if you can get that technology piece, there are companies that focus specifically on that where they're remote, they're in another area but all of care is monitored and that is an incredible option for people who are able to stay at home and they need help and they've got family who's local and can do some work and, and it all can be monitored there's great success and there's the the, the results of that are going really well for mm -hmm. yeah i mean that was, that was quite a complete answer I but mean. let's not forget the part yeah there's but then there's always the nursing home and there, there's a lot of times when nursing home is appropriate, full-time skilled nursing in a in a facility. And when it's appropriate, we want to make sure that it's done properly. Mm -hmm. Well, so that really gives a full scope of, you know, the full spectrum over here a little bit of really, you know, all the different services that uh, that are available. Now, I just want to point out here a couple of things is that a lot of times what happens and when the frustration uh, that exists is when somebody goes st straight to one of the steps. In, in other words, someone could never have heard of a nursing home before. Somebody can, you know, the whole family, everything's going along fine. And then all of a sudden, somebody needs nursing home care. So you're going from zero to 60, sometimes, in, you know, in a moment, sometimes in one event, you're going from zero to 60. So never heard of adult daycare centers, uh, never thought about family members providing care, which, by the way, I don't know if you mentioned this, this uh, the family member can get reimbursed sometimes by, uh, you know, every city has, whatever, every state has their own regulations for how they can get reimbursed, but they can get reimbursed for the care that they want to provide anyway. And you know what? It makes sense for the state to do that. It's much more affordable. They actually, they definitely care very deeply. You know, they're emotionally involved and they can do whatever it takes. And, uh, so, th so that's definitely a very real option. A lot of times people say, oh, I don't have time because I have a job or because I need the money. But you know what? It's possible that you can make a similar amount of money or enough to make it worth your time uh, doing something else. So so, that's a, so th that is one thing that, that is a big deal. And like you said, there's so many community resources. If people are aware, the problem is, I'm thinking out loud as I say this, and David, I'd love to hear what you think about this, is that a lot of times we're in denial, especially when it comes to cognitive issues. I know this might not be politically mm -hmm. correct to say, but yeah. I know this to be the truth um, from personal and professional experience where mm -hmm. it, it can, the patient or the resident themselves, maybe that's not as obvious um, and where the denial is, especially when it's 
coupled with the cognitive issues. You have the family, mom is fine. You know, dad is fine. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, we just burnt the toast, you know, one time. The fire department came down to see what's going on. But they're fine. They don't need help. Nah, it's not a big deal. Um, you know, and then the next time when, oh, okay. yeah, the next time when things a little bit more drastic happen and they end up in the hospital because, you know, they dropped the TV on somebody because they didn't like what they saw in the news or whatever. I love the elderly to be perfectly honest. I, I don't mean anything uh, negative, God forbid. What I'm saying is that if the family members who are there and they care and they're emotionally involved are also in denial, which, hey, it makes sense. There's my mom, there's my dad. They always knew everything. They were the world to me. They were the ones who brought me into existence. They supported me. They financially, emotionally, spiritually, every, everything chilly, if that's a word. And and as they grow up, they're always you know a few decades ahead of me, depending on what the age difference is. It can't be, right? That it can't be that uh, you know it can't be that all of a sudden now they need extra care. So, what? Yeah, and you make a great point, especially when it comes to cognitive issues. Um, you know, they're they're it, immediately there's always a denial. Oh, they're just getting old. They're starting to forget things. And, oh, they just backed into something. Uh -huh. um, it, it, it's not typically known that there's a, a serious cognitive issue until there's a like some sort of what I would consider a like qualifying event, whether or not they've they've wandered, whether or not um, you know they they get a call from uh, some sort of authority that hey your, your loved one doesn't know what where they are, they don't remember how to get home. And we found your number, like they only knew your name and number. Mm -hmm. um, it's not until one of those events where it's like, oh, this is actually an issue. Um, yeah. And even so, people who have cognitive issues can oftentimes live alone. I mean, if they're not a threat self or others, they, they can normally do okay. It's just a matter of monitoring. And we do that with my own grandmother because it's necessary. She needs monitoring. We don't need to. We don't need to like be there all the time, but these types of issues are absolutely necessary to work through and to get mm -hmm. all of the decision makers in the same room. So yeah. if there's one or 10 kids uh, and they're all, they all have an opinion, which they always do, of course. you want to make sure that they're all there because if you don't and you start implementing a process uh, with one or two or three of them, you, you, you could very well run into a massive pushback from the person who's not being heard mm -hmm. which ultimately you know for us we care about the patient everything else is sort of white noise we want to make sure that they're taken care of like the children or the uh, nieces and nephews or whomever is off mm -hmm. but the patient is the most important and once you're taking care of and doing the right thing for the patient and what's necessary for them, not just now, but also for what's next. Because a lot of people get caught up in what you said about the um, when somebody comes in and like there's a there's a huge shock to the system, and they they've never heard of adult daycare, they they've never had any of those interactions. That's that's a big problem for yeah. people because they're unprepared. They don't mm -hmm. know what to do. They don't know where to turn. They don't know who the expert is they don't know where the documents are 
they don't know how many bank accounts their their loved one has, or most likely they haven't been intimately involved in their finances. They don't know yeah. sometimes that they've got property upstate that's, that's got showing rights attached to it for the next four years. Like mm-hmm. those are things that people just don't see mm-hmm. um, until it's like, okay, we need all of this information, and then we pull it all together, and they're like, oh, I didn't realize this full picture. Right. Um, but all that time, they're trying to coordinate care. They're trying to coordinate finances they're trying to deal with this emotionally because most of the time it's their parent mm-hmm. and there's a lot that goes on within them and it's it's a very challenging situation which is why we always look for uh, obviously for us people who are unprepared end up being a really great client because they're motivated and they need it um, but the best outcomes typically come from people who prepare in advance and they're not like playing behind the eight ball. Got it. Well, before we jump into planning, just just as far as as far as you know, people like you said, like they're in shock, um, and because a lot of times they were in denial. If were people to actually properly uh, identify challenges when they're there and avail themselves to resources that are available in the community whether it's family members, whether it's adult daycare centers, whether it's independent living facilities, whether it's some sort of remote telemedicine, uh, you know, whatever Apple Watch type of device that can monitor vitals and there's all sorts of ways of, ways of doing it. We're, or our home care companies, of course, right? Where home care companies can provide a very high level of care even before going to a nursing home. And frankly, when a nursing home discharges somebody back to the facility, they always partner with a home care company because it's in everyone's best interest that that person remains at home in the community and they stay healthy and safe uh, for a very long time to come. So that's definitely one of the reasons why people don't even realize all these resources. And I'm, we're actually interviewing on the nursing home podcast uh, later this week, um, an administrative adult take care center to really hone in a little bit more um, on that. But let's move from there for a moment. You know, it's an important point, but let's still move on to the next thing. And that is, people are not going to properly plan. Let's take the worst case scenario. And let's, then maybe we could dial it back from there if we need to. So uh, a worst case scenario may be where, you know, there are, let's talk, uh, let's, let's leave the family dynamics out for a moment. Although that can be really um, exhilarating, dramatic, entertaining, frustrating, and uh, and the likes. But let's take that out for a minute just to kind of filter out a lot of the noise and get straight to the issue. So let's talk about a case. You have somebody. Let's talk about a, a typical fall, hip replacement, or some other type of injury, uh, you know, an acute care stay, someone staying at the hospital for a number of days. And they were expecting, they meaning the children, the family members, decision makers, were planning on going back home and they were just waiting to like kind of erase this event as if it never happened right that's pretty much what that's their goal you know we want mom and dad to be back to themselves and you know and thankfully many times that does happen unfortunately many times it does not happen and it becomes very clear at that point that you know mom dad can't go home and you know it's not always so pretty with mom dad and children sometimes they go back to the home and it's filled with feces and you find hoarders and you find all sorts of crazy stuff going on and the apartment is condemned the second person goes out to the hospital but again getting back to our case they want to come now to a nursing home 
They, and for the first time, could be in their lives, like you mentioned before, the children are now discussing with their parents openly about their finances. And they start to saying, you know, how much money do you have to pay for nursing home care? You know how much it costs? Well, we don't have insurance. Our insurance is not accepted. We didn't talk about long-term care insurance. All we have is X number of dollars, uh, assuming that, you know, everyone's communicating. Um, and they have stuff that was, you know, gifted away and sold. Is there, is there stuff, I guess my question is in short, are there still action items that can be taken so late in the game to prevent and to perhaps save some of the assets uh, that belong to the patient or, you know, the, or the resident? Or maybe, or is it only effective through pre-planning? So to give you a really quick answer, mm-hmm. the only time that's truly too late to do anything is after you've passed. So whether you've gotten way ahead of it or whether you are now just immersed into it and it's, it's all new, mm-hmm. either way, there's still something to be done. Okay. And that's a really important understanding. There's, there's still work that can be done, whether it's just at some point, it's just pre-planning a funeral, you know, because that's something that people, a lot of times it's a sticky subject. Yeah. Tough conversation. Um, but if, if, if for no other thing, you know, somebody is, and I worked with an incredible funeral company at one point, um, where, you know, we, we got, we got called in on cases where somebody was literally in the hospital on their deathbed mm-hmm. physically. Mm-hmm. And the family is like, we need you to come because we want to make sure this is taken care of. And then they passed like hours later. You're wow. Like, Okay, I don't know that I should be here, but I mean, I'm glad that you're doing something because I know that this, if you think about it at the time, it's a lot easier to deal with after the fact. I see. So, I mean, so it's true. You're saying that, that until, I mean, this is a true in life in general, you know, until we're dead, we can always do stuff. But what could somebody do if right now they're in a tough situation? They they need a place to, you know they need to place their family member there. Oh, let's talk about a simple case. Somebody sold a house a year before they needed to go into a nursing home. Mm-hmm. They got five hundred thousand dollars cash. The daughter moved to I don't know where to Hawaii or somewhere, never to be seen again. No trace left. You know whatever. Not talking to the family members. You cannot find it. It's gone. Anything. That, so now the facility potentially is looking at yeah. a half a million dollar penalty period. Anything that you can do there. Two things. So the first one is that we would get our lawyers involved um, because most likely there's going to be some sort of elder abuse case there. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is is you can make a you can make a claim for medically needy um, care mm-hmm. and explain the situation to the state. A lot of times that really depends on how you discuss it with them. You make a claim for that. Um, and then not only are you personally or the facility or the person who's now in charge of that, uh, person's finances mm-hmm. going after the, the person who took the money, but also the state could go after them to the attorney general's office. So, and all the while we can get something paid for. It just takes more time. It, it, it requires a lot more, uh, transparency and documentation. Okay. Um, that would tr- probably be the worst scenario. Um, 
most of the time it's not like that. Most of the time people just give away houses. They just transfer ownership. Right. So the house is still there and it's still owned by the family. But it was within the look back period. Right. So we can, you can deal with that because it's still there and they're, most people aren't just going to take money and just disappear. I mean, I've, I've seen it happen, um, but it's not something that is normal. Right, but money, money can do are, funny things you know, to people. The money's now in this account, and maybe spent some of it. That's, that's an understatement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have seen people flee the country. I have, I have witnessed that, which really is sad. It's unfortunate, but uh, there's definitely something that happens. But that's actually something I did not know that, um, not that that's uh, anything new, <laughs> um, but the fact is that even in the worst case scenario, there, there still are things that could be done. So sometimes people might say, for me, there's no hope. There's no purpose in me reaching out to a professional to help me with my financial planning. I'm too late at the stage in the game. We're already talking about penalty periods and there's nothing I can do. And that, you know, that is incorrect. But let's move on here. And, you know, as definitely for the podcast uh, perspective, we want to wrap up a little bit. Let's move on to the final point of today's conversation. And that is, what is the proper way to plan? So we spoke about all the wrong ways to do it and, and how, the, you know, we come in and shock and awe and we have no idea what's going on. And all of a sudden we find out all the money that we have to pay and everyone's going crazy you know, what are we going to do here? But let's talk about a regular case from let's talk. Let's do it this way. Let's talk from a child's perspective. So the children uh, of the family of the one who's potentially going into the nursing home. And let's talk. What are the steps that they should be taking financially? So again, not regarding other community services. We discussed that already, but financially, what should they be doing to ensure to minimize some of the stress and some of the financial responsibility down the road should a loved one need nursing home care? All right. So great question. And whenever it comes to finances, they're always tied into legal stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, first and foremost, your basic legal documents, power of attorney, a durable power of attorney, both for financial and healthcare decisions, extremely important. Do that when you're young and continue to update it. Um, a will. You'd be, you might not be surprised to know how many people don't have a will. Um, and each state has different, different laws when you pass away without a will. A and all of them are not good. <laughs> Give me, yeah, and they're not. So, advanced directives. Um, you want to make sure that people are aware of what you'd like to happen if you're in the situation where you can really no decision um, and you're out of it and you can't be revived so those are the first three um, for certain folks I would re- I would suggest the DNR do not resuscitate especially as you get up in a certain age whenever they do chest compressions it breaks mm-hmm. and it's you know, you're, you're just prolonging agony again okay, but I, I'm going to jump uh, in there I might right. not necessarily so agree with things. that but the point is, whatever your wishes are, make it clear. I know there was somebody. Right. Uh, there was somebody. Right. There was a case in the news. Uh, maybe I'll link it up in the show notes for the podcast, uh, where a guy actually uh, tattooed on his chest, "Do not resuscitate," and then he signed and dated it on his chest. I don't know. You didn't hear the story, maybe. And the, it was a big question. The guy came into the ER, 
he was he was comatose. He was they were not able to you know to, they couldn't get through to him. They didn't know who he was. He was John Doe, and the question was what to do. Do you honor that? Is that a is that a legal binding contract? Can you write a contract on human flesh? And I guess he figured he'll never lose it. Uh, and the question was what to do. And the, so if you're in the yard, this is just a, this is like a, a moral question here. Is that you're not sure. On the one hand, maybe he has a DNR, and if he has a DNR and you resuscitate him, so that's just, you know there could be a lot of legal issues there. He's gonna he's gonna wake up and you're gonna say, oh my gosh, we brought you back. And he's yeah. like, what in the world did you do? I don't want to be here. I said DNR. <laughs> I was happy. I had you know I was on my way out. What are you doing? Uh, but on the other hand, if it's not valid yeah. and um, you don't resuscitate him, you're a murderer, maybe. So what they ended up doing, I believe, is that so they go ahead. I would question it. I, I don't know that it would be legally valid because of, like, did he tattoo himself with his own signature? Because if somebody else signs your signature, how could it legally valid? Okay, fair point. Um, I've never tried to tattoo anything on me, and I don't know how that would work to get your signature on you. But there are ways of, you know, you could, you could e-sign documents, right? And you don't actually sign it, but by you consenting to that method, it, you know, it's legally binding as if it's a signature, right? Uh, so it wasn't so clear. But I'll tell you, what actually happened was they decided that they'd prefer to err on the side of keeping him alive than err on the side of putting him, and, you know, then on the side. They weren't even sure if this was real. For all they knew, there was another thing also. Maybe this, even if it was legal... Maybe that wasn't his intention. You know, it could have just been a toughy, and he's trying to macho. He's like, if I die, do not resuscitate me. And who who knows if he even meant it as a real advanced directive. So what they ended up doing is they did resuscitate him. They did bring him back. And then, you know, a few hours later, um, I, I believe this is what happened. I can look it up again. But a few hours later, what they ended up doing, uh, they found that he had a legal DNR on a paper, believe it or not. And uh, I think they stopped arring <laughs> that was the end of his story um but yeah but you have some really really interesting cases but again so you know, if we want to plan properly so we reach out we know that attorneys charge an exorbitant fee yeah. to do these medicaid applications and uh, nothing against attorneys there some of them are great some of them that i've had experience with uh are great some of them are less than great they're all expensive and um there are definitely other options of working through this process. So as we come to a close, tell us briefly, again, this is not a sales podcast at all. The goal is to educate our listeners a little bit about some of the issues so that they're more aware of what's going on and uh, you know when, they, when it comes time for all this stuff. But tell us a little bit of what someone can do yeah, so beforehand. Go ahead. Obviously, lawyers are always an option. Mm -hmm. um, you need them for all proper legal docs, a trust work that you want to get if you're trying to get set up you got to go to a lawyer for trust you got to deal with mm -hmm. that um, we employ lawyers as well as work for lawyers and help them so you know as as much as i understand what you're saying i also you need them uh and there's there's care planning such as us so we do elder care planning we're sort of all-encompassing we look at the whole picture and the, the ultimate goal is to get some sort of benefit to pay for it, whether it's VA benefits, whether it's Medicaid, or whether it's the long-term care policy. Mm -hmm. We push for that to make sure that it works so that you're not losing money. Um, 
your regular estate planners, whether that could be a lawyer or a financial advisor, they're incredibly important because those are things that we don't do. Um, you know, we work hand in hand with them to make sure that it gets done, but we really focus on the applications themselves to get those done. Mm-hmm. And of course, for the low income population, there's the legal aid. A lot of times there's a local legal aid that helps um, with any legal documentation that's necessary for lower income folks. And uh, they, they farm out business to other companies and say, hey, these are local resources that are available to you. But the key is to make sure that you start early. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir, but when when you're getting in front of a problem, it's just you have a better outcome. And if there's anything that ever, anybody ever gets from the discussions that, that I have personally or anybody on our team has or you have, it's to get out in front of problems before they become a real problem. Um, because you'll just have better options. Yeah. And really, that's what it all boils down to. It's not necessarily that you want to have, like <laughs> you, most people don't will say, I want to live my whole life and earn a whole bunch of money. And then at the end of it, the last few years, I want to spend it all on care. Right. Most people are like, I want to do this and leave sort of a legacy. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't plan to leave a legacy, you're not going to. It's going to, you're going to end up spending the money on care. Mm-hmm. You need care. Um, and that's, that's an important consideration. So the, the sooner that people get in front of it, even if it's, Hey, they're, they're starting to have some cognitive issues. They definitely don't need help today, but maybe in a couple of years. Okay. Plan now. It's cheaper to plan ahead and you get a better outcome and you're prepared so that you can actually just be, you know, in most cases we are dealing with the kids. So if you're prepared financially and you know what sort of care necessary. The third piece is um, how do you react emotionally? Mm-hmm. You can just be a child and everything else is taken care of so you can really just be there emotionally for your loved one. And that's something that you can't do if you're running around scrambled because you're trying to get all of the documents and you're trying to figure out what sort of care they need you know, they've got this house over here for what you said, this house on the cape that, that, you know, we, we've had in the family and they like to keep it in the family. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. Just get in front of it. Just got get, it. get out in front of it and you'll be okay. Got it. Okay. I know we said that we were going to wrap up, but as you're speaking, um, another question comes to mind. And I've seen this myself and sometimes it's very sad to see where you have somebody who was a professional their whole life, someone who was financially responsible and they've done tremendous, tremendous work throughout their entire long career. And sometimes they may end up in a nursing home at 85 years old or whatever it is. And as you said, for the remainder of their life, they're pretty much spending down all the money that they accumulated through the rest of their life. So on the one hand, great. Uh, for the nursing home, they have a private pay patient. They'll always be happy with that. Um, it's great for the patient because the patient acted responsibly and now has the means to take care of themselves, which in itself is a blessing. Is there a way um, to mm-hmm. hold on to that money and pass it on to the next generation, even with needing um, extended nursing home care? There are ways to do that, even if you're already in care. 
So mm-hmm. if you've been in care for a few years and you still have plenty of time left of assets to pay for everything, mm-hmm. you can still do planning. If you're, you know, if you're already 10 years in and you've got 20 years left worth of assets, which I've seen, um, then there's still work that can be done. It's just you're, you can't do anything to deal with what's already been spent. Correct. But you can plan going forward. Got it. In fact, some of our best clients are like that because that means that they've got assets, they've got ability, and they've got a need, and then they finally are awoken to the fact that there's other options. People start thinking, oh, I've been in a facility for, like, we already went through $2 million, and we've only got $3 million left. Like, are we going to get any money from this? Got it. Um, and while I, you know, I can understand where they're from, you, you, that's just planning. You just start from where you are got it you know um i don't know if this is true or not but it doesn't matter originally when they started selling life insurance it was called death insurance which is really the appropriate name for it because that's really what it is when somebody dies insurance makes a payment to the loved one so that they can deal with it financially uh from a marketing perspective the messaging was a little bit off people don't like to confront death people don't like to confront inabilities uh, deterioration moving on in years didn't sell very well so it made a slight change and they called it life insurance oh we we like life life of the party we like living this is what we are we're hardwired as humans to try to survive if someone wants to commit suicide there's a problem there that's not a natural thing once it's called life insurance people are more open to having that conversation so i don't know if we can now I'm putting on my marketing hat for a minute if we can rebrand uh, f- financial planning, instead of saying you're going to die, instead of saying, you know, uh, you're going to deteriorate, you're human, things are going to happen, can somehow call it life celebration planning or something like that, um, you know, what, uh, something to that effect. Perhaps it can be more effective. Anyways, just as we wrap up here, David, if our listeners or the viewers now on live on LinkedIn or on Facebook, those of you who's been sticking with us through these technical challenges as i mentioned at the beginning this is one of our first live uh productions so there were some lags and technical challenges as we see right now um but just before we wrap up david where can our listeners and viewers where's the best place for them to go to um to learn more about you and about your company and uh more about some of the conversation that we're having here really simple eldercaredirection.com so on there, you'll have a lot of articles and information about us. Um, you'll have a lot of articles and information just about the, the industry in general and what mm-hmm. you can do. Um, you're always free to give us a call. We do work nationwide. So we're based out of Pennsylvania, uh, but really the reach goes far. It does, it, we don't go international, so we don't deal with anything out of the United States. But if you have a question or a concern, um, both for an individual and probably the one thing we didn't touch on but has been the institutional. So we do work for nursing homes and for their subsidiaries as well as for home care companies. So if anybody ever comes across somebody needing Medicaid or needing a long-term care insurance to pay out, we're more than happy to, uh, to, to get on board to help them out with that. Okay. Thank you so much, David, for that. Thank you so much for coming on the Nursing Home podcast we really appreciate having you with us today You've been an amazing amazing guest and we really really appreciate it um 
just even as uh, we finish with the nursing home podcast, which we will be finishing uh, momentarily, uh, we still can stay live over here for a couple minutes because there are a couple of things that I do want to discuss on the live show that are not going to be on the podcast. But again, thank you so much for coming on the nursing home podcast. Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the nursing home podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know what an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.